Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I'm glad that you're here, and I, I want to I wanna start by reading a passage that has spoken to me so many times. I've preached it so many times, and it continues to speak to me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10, it says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Then I am strong. Look at somebody and tell them, Man, them thorns, though. Them thorns, though. Tell somebody, them thorns, though. Father, we thank you for your word today. We pray that you would speak to us, God, that you would minister to us, every one of us, God, into the deepest places of our hearts and our minds today. We give you praise and we give you glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen, amen. amen. Look at somebody else and tell them, them thorns, though. Them thorns, though. I love this passage and I, I know that all of us can relate to the, the thorn in the flesh. How many immediately you think of something, a thorn? I said, you have a thorn in your flesh. Raise your hand. You can think of something right away. I got a thorn. How many thought of the person you're married to? I, I got a thorn in my flesh. How many thought about your ex? I got a thorn in, in my flesh and everybody can relate to the thorn, I certainly can. The thorn in your flesh, it, it, it irritates you. It bothers you. It hurts you. It torments you. And it represents a problem. The thorn, it represents pain. The thorn, it represents something that does not seem to go away. And the thing about the thorn is not everybody sees it, but it's there. It's deep inside of you. And that thorn, it can be emotional trauma. It can be guilt. It can be shame. It can be a regret. It could be a, a bitterness. The bitterness has taken root and it's grown into your life and you've become bitter. It could be rejection. It could be betrayal. It could also be a physical sickness, an ailment, a, a disease. It could be a physical restraint of some sort. The thorn in the flesh, the thorn, it simply represents your hurts and your pains. And today, as you're listening to this sermon, I don't know what kind of pain that you're going through today, but I came this morning to encourage you that there is no pain in vain. There's never a pain in vain. Look at somebody and tell them he's right. There's no pain in vain. There is purpose in your pain. There is a reason for your pain. Pain doesn't occur just to, to, to punish you. There's a reason. Every pain has a purpose. Every pain, every pain has a purpose. Look at somebody else and tell them, even you being a pain in my neck, have a purpose. Come on, have some fun with that one. You, you just said a minute ago, I'm ready to preach. Are you really ready to preach today? You ready to help me through this one? That doesn't sound ready at all. That sounds like it's going to be the lamest service of all three today, but I'll give it to you anyway. I give it to you anyway. Every pain has a purpose. There's always, always, always a deeper meaning 
for the thorn. There's more than meets the eye. There's a bigger picture. The, the, the thorn, it's not just there to irritate you. It's not just there to torment you. There is a divine reason, a divine purpose for the pain, for the trauma, for the hurts that you go through. And I want to give you five of those deeper reasons today as we dig in. Number one is this, is that pain keeps me humble. Pain keeps me humble. This is what it says in verse seven. Paul said, let's read this together out loud in verse seven. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. He, he lays out the reason. Here's the reason. I've got this thorn. I've asked God to take it away from me. God, take it away from me. God, take it away from me. But God is saying, No, I'm not taking away. My grace is sufficient for you. But he gives us the reason. What is the reason? In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. This is actually a wild verse for me. Because it says this thorn was a messenger from Satan. God didn't give it, but God allowed it. That's wild to me. God did not give me this thorn, but God allowed this thorn because it was good for me. He didn't give it to me, but he approved it to be in my life because he decided it was good for me in order to keep me in order to keep me. Sometimes your pain, that's all it's about is in order to keep you in order to keep you in order to keep you grounded in order to keep you humble. I have this thorn in my flesh. There's no pain in vain there. Hey, listen, there are nothing in life like some pain, some hurts, some failures to keep us humble. There's nothing like sometimes God uses pain not to keep you down, but to keep you grounded, to keep you grounded. Remember Paul, he was the man, right? The apostle Paul's the man. I mean, the guy goes from persecuting Christians, imprisoning Christians, killing Christians to becoming a Christian. Then he starts preaching about Jesus Christ and he just lights the world on fire. He's the greatest evangelist still to this day ever recorded. The birth of the early church was largely influenced by the apostle Paul. And he goes to just this preaching. People are getting saved and people are getting their life to Jesus Christ and they're finding hope. Paul goes on these three missionary journeys. He ends up starting 14 churches, strategic locations. He ends up writing 14 books of our Bible, of our New Testament, many from prison. He had God's anointing on his life. Listen, there was something different about Paul, something special about Paul. The Bible says in in Acts 19 that, that he did extraordinary miracles through, through God, uh, through Paul, that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, that even his handkerchief healed people. Tell me that's not dope. It is not dope like drugs dope, but that's dope. Like if I just flung my handkerchief on you and you got healed, there's something different about that dude. He was special. He was God's chosen one. He was set apart by God. And he said, it's so interesting, isn't it? In order to keep me from becoming conceited, he could have been like, dude, I mean, I'm kind of the man. I'm literally changing the world for Jesus Christ. In order to keep me from becoming conceited. It was about his humility. And I want you to know today that this thorn that is in your life, this situation, this pain, this irritation, this problem, it is there for a divine reason. The thorn is not a mistake. God wants to use it. There's no pain in vain. Say it out loud again. There's no pain in vain. Believe it or not, believe it or not, that thorn buried deep inside of your life, that thorn that won't seem to go away, that thorn, that one, it's working for you, not against you. One thing I've learned in my own life is that the the higher the calling God has on your life, the deeper the thorns there are in your life. 
because the devil knows your potential. I haven't preached to a service this quiet in maybe 10 years. I'm not even kidding. That's no lies. Like y'all must have came from the Baptist church last week. Welcome to Impact Church where we shout and holler and give God praise and give God glory. And it, it's undignified. We don't come in with our, I'm from Scottsdale. I'm sophisticated. I'm a doctor. I own 14 businesses. Now we leave all that outside. We come in here and we give God praise and we open our mouths and we have a good time together. Hey, I think church ought to be fun. Don't you think church ought to be fun? Great. 14 of you think church ought to be fun. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to get you there. The devil, the devil knows your potential. So he's going to keep throwing thorns at you. The devil knows that you could have an enormous impact for Jesus Christ. So you know what he does? He, he knows that you, you're going to be a world changer for Jesus Christ. He knows the impact. He knows. He knows the impact that you're going to have on your children and your grandchildren. He knows that. And so he's got a thorn customized for your life. As a matter of fact, he might have an entire thorn bush customized for your life. Like when I read this about Paul's like, I got a thorn in my flesh. I'm like, dude, aren't you lucky? Cause I feel like a walking cactus. You know what I'm saying? Like you got one thorn, bro. You only ask God three times. Like what? I've been asking God for certain thorns to be removed for decades. Anybody feel that decades, decades, the front row. Y'all can't clap. You ain't even been alive decades. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got two in you. You got two, you got two decades. I was thinking about this this week that, you know, you've heard me say, God knows exactly what you need, exactly when you need it and exactly why you need it. God knows exactly what I need and what I need. Listen, this is where it gets deep. What I need doesn't always feel good. What I need doesn't always feel good. Sometimes what I need, it hurts like hell. Sometimes what I need, it irritates the mess out of me. Sometimes what I need, it torments me. But God knows what I need. And the good news is, is God's going to use that thorn for good. God wants to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. There's no pain in vain. Pain keeps me humble. Number two. Pain keeps me dependent. You heard this, this, this saying that, that you don't realize God is all you need until God is all you've got. Facts. You don't realize God's all you need until God's all you've got. And then once you got God and only God, you realize you didn't need all that other stuff anyway. And sometimes God's got to knock you flat on your back in order to get you to look up at him. God uses pain to keep you plugged into him, to keep you tapped in, to keep you dependent on him. When your pain exceeds your ability to endure on your own. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of pain. You start realizing your need for God. God, I need help. God, I need help. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I need help. And I am convinced that you are never as close to God as when you're going through hell. That you are never as close to Christ as when you are in the middle of a crisis. You know I'm not lying. Because when you're on the mountaintop, you talk to God every now and then. But when you're in the valley, whoo, I'm tapped in. I'm tapped in. And you're saying, God, get me out of this situation. God, get me out of this situation. You get me out of this mess, Lord. Please get me out of this mess. And God's prayer say, I'm going to leave you right there because I love your attention. I haven't had this much attention from you in a long time. You're never as close to crisis when you're in the middle of a crisis. Pain, it teaches us dependency. Listen, you're not, you're not strong enough to go through life on your own. 
You're not strong enough. You need God. You need God. You need God's help. You need his support. Paul, he says three times, three times I have pleaded. God, I'm pleading, God. I'm pleading to take this away. God, I'm asking you. I'm begging you. God, I'm pleading that you'll take it away. God, take it away. God, take it away. Paul, I'm not taking it away, but my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is everything you need. See, sometimes the miracle isn't that God takes something away from you, but that he gives something to you. My grace is sufficient for you. The miracle is not that God takes the thorn out. It's that he puts his grace in. His grace... His grace. Now you're warming up. It's like an old Honda motorcycle from the 1970s that has a hard time starting. Ring, ding, 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 ding. Ring, ding. Some of you don't even know what this is. You don't even know what this is. Back in the day, they didn't have push button anything. It, you had to kickstart stuff. You know, it's like taking a 20 year old, two decades old. Even back to as early as the 90s, did you know that cars, they had a handle on them and it rolled a window up and down? Is that wild? Mind blown. Some of y'all like, PT, you're young. I remember horse and carriage. Yeah. (laughs) In the Old Testament, do you remember the story where Jacob wrestled with God? all night. And Jacob said, I'm not letting go until you what? Bless me. I'm not letting go until you bless me. It's a crazy story. God said, you want my blessing? Yeah. I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. And God reaches in and he breaks Jacob's hip. (laughs) You want my blessing? Here's how you get blessed. My blessing, God's blessing, it comes through your brokenness. God breaks you. He breaks you. You want to be blessed? Jacob, I'm going to bless you. Here's your blessing, brother. I'm going to break your hip. Now you're going to walk with a limp for the rest of your life. Why? Why is that a blessing? Because now that limp is always going to keep me dependent on God. It's going to keep me humble. Because that limp is a reminder of of a testimony that God has given me. An encounter that I had with God. An experience that I had with God. The limp is a reminder. The limp is a trophy of God's glory. The limp is a testimony of God's grace and power. It's a testimony that God's grace is sufficient for you. I don't know about you, but I got a body full of thorns with a two-legged limp. And I take pride in these thorns. And I take pride in this limp because these thorns and this limp, it's a trophy of God's grace. And he has purpose for your pain. There is no pain in vain. There's always a purpose. Pain keeps me dependent. Number three is that pain, it makes me stronger. Verse 10, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly. This is crazy about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may. There is a reason I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. Here's the reason. So that you see the real me, which is not very impressive. But when you see what God does through me, that's impressive. That's impressive. That's impressive. Everybody wants to impress everybody. He said, so that's Christ's power may rest. Do you want Christ's power to rest on you? Do you? I'm asking a question. Do you want Christ's power to rest on you here? Here, here's part of the key here. Then you need to start boasting about your weaknesses. Stop acting. Stop faking. 
Everybody's weak. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. I delight in these insults. I delight in hardships and persecution and difficulties because for when I am weak, then I am strong. So I boast about my weaknesses. I delight in them. I delight in my hardships and difficulties. That's powerful. That's powerful. Go. It goes against culture. It goes against the grain of what society does. I'm going to boast about my, y'all don't do that. We brag about our strengths and bury our weaknesses. Imagine if your Instagram was about your weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we, we put the best things out there. That's not a real world. That ain't your real world. And then we're all envious of your fake world. It's not even real. These dudes at the gym, Caleb, these dudes at the gym, Glory Gaines, post some pictures without a shirt. I'm going to do that one day, by the way. The pastor of disaster. I'm just going to be like, let's go. <laughs> When did people post their little hard bodies and all that? They got to get a pump first. Like that ain't real life, man. Get up at 3 a.m. The ladies, they got. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm going to move on. But everybody posting and putting their best. He says, I, I, I. I boast, I brag about, yeah, I'm weak. I've got some freaking issues, man. Most of us, we can never get to the boasting part because we can't even get to the admitting part. I'm too insecure. I'm too afraid to even admit that I'm weak, that I'm broken, that I'm a broken person. Everybody's broken. Everybody's broken. This, this, he, he says, he says, therefore I boast more gladly about my weaknesses, my weaknesses. Everybody's weak. Everybody's human. Everybody's flawed. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody hurts people. Everybody gets hurt by people because hurt people hurt people and broken people break people. We betray people. Worst, we betray ourselves. David said in Psalm, he said it like this, that my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. When I am weak, he is strong. Do you know that even Jesus experienced this? In Luke chapter 22, Jesus Jesus is facing death on a cross. He's in the garden of Gethsemane and he prays father. If there's any other way, God let this cup pass. If there's any other way than dying on a cross and paying for the sins of humanity, like, can there be another way? And he says, father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. This is so big right here. Yet not my will, but yours be done. That's a big prayer right there. An angel, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. See, when you're at your weakest moment is when God can show off the most. Because my weakness, it actually proves God's power. Because I'm human, but God did it anyway. By the way, that's called a miracle. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse nine. Paul says we're crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. 
In fact, we expected to die. Listen to this. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Yeah, come on, somebody. Our thorn, our pain, our hurt, our brokenness, it makes us realize our need for something stronger than our own strength, our need for God. Because in my brokenness, God can put me back together. Some of you in here, you got that limp because, Mike, God allowed you to be broken. Because God knew that if you were broken, it was going to create intimacy with your creator. And you've been looking at your limp all wrong. Because the limp is not your curse. It's your blessing. And I've discovered... That God's greatest power for your life it lies within your brokenness. God's greatest power lies in your brokenness when you're broken before God. Do you remember the prophet Jeremiah and Jeremiah 18? God told the prophet Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. So he says, I did as God told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel, but the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into, he crushed it into a lump of clay and started over again. Then the Lord gave this message, oh Israel, can I not do to you? Oh, Impact Church family, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hands, so you are in my hand. Man, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that, and I have felt that throughout my entire life. Did you ever feel that way? Have you ever felt like that? Man, it didn't turn out as I hoped. My marriage, it didn't turn out as I hoped. My health, it didn't turn out as I hoped. I, I, I didn't turn out as I hoped. I didn't turn out as they hoped. I didn't turn out as maybe God hoped. And let me tell you something, if you feel like that today, You're in good hands because the potter is still at the wheel. He's still at the wheel. He's still at the wheel. He has not left that wheel. He crushed it and he turned it into a lump and again started over. And again, I love it. And again started over. And again started over. Sometimes God's got to break you so that he can remake you. And whether you're a lump or a limp, God is still working on you. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished. Look at somebody and tell them, God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished. God's love doesn't look like you think it would. Because you and I think, oh, God loves us. He'll never let me go through anything. God loves you so much. He's going to let you go through some things. God loves you so much that he's going to allow some things, some thorns in your life. There's no pain in vain. Pain makes me stronger. Number four, pain refines me. I want you to look somebody that you love, somebody that you really, really love right now, and tell them you are definitely rough around the edges. (laughs) 
I try to let you guys say things to the people you love in church that you could never otherwise say. <laughs> James chapter 2. James, by the way, was the half-brother of Jesus. Y'all know why, right? No? <laughs> Well, because they had different dads. <laughs> now you with me? <laughs> like, same mom, different dads. Some of you still don't know, but that's okay. <laughs> James is Jesus' brother, and, 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 and he says this. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Whew. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And I know not everybody, not everybody knows, but. Not everybody knows, but on November 14th of 2022. I had a brain aneurysm and a hemorrhagic stroke. Found myself rushed to the hospital, then helicoptered to a trauma center. And I lost my speech and my memory and my cognition, motor skills, everything. And as I'm in the hospital bed, they would come test me every hour on the hour and I'd fail the test every time. And the test would be making me remember things, recall things, making me lift up my arms and I couldn't lift my right arm. I couldn't lift my left leg, my right leg and the whole right side of my body not only was numb, but still is numb. It's just not as numb, but it's still numb. And I don't know which day it was, but they asked me what my children's names were. Your kids. For those of you that are parents, can you imagine not being able to state your children's names? Your kids, man, your kids. And as I began to weep, because I couldn't say their names, I looked at my wife and I said, count it all joy. And the doctor said, what did he say? I said it plain as day. I couldn't talk. Do you understand what I'm saying? I couldn't talk. I couldn't even state my children's names. And I said, count it all joy. And the doctor said, what did he say? And my wife said, it's a scripture. In the Bible, count it all joy when you go through, when you fall into various trials. Because life, unfortunately, is not trial free. And pain refines you. Pain refines you. It does. It grows you. It grows your character. It, it, it makes you, if you let pain have its place, it draws you closer to Christ and it makes you more like Christ. It purifies your life. It purifies it. There'd still be certain pollutants in my life if it wasn't for some pain that I've gone through. Character, it's developed in... Those hard times. Isaiah 48. It says. I tested you in the hard times. Just as silver. Is refined in a heated furnace. See there's. Many instances throughout the Bible where. God. Uses fires. To refine. 
difficulties, hardships, hurts, pains, thorns, refining. Refining goes all the way back to the beginning of time. Bible times. You know, the refining process is, is the first thing the refiner does is he, he breaks up the rocks. He breaks up the rocks to find the hidden gold and silver. The first thing has to happen. It's got to be broken. It's got to be broken. There's no getting the gold and silver without it being broken. And then after the rocks are broken, the refiner then puts the rocks into a hot melting pot to remove all the cheap metals and all the impurities. He puts the heat on. And a refiner does this same thing over and over and over until eventually you start to see the impurities keep rising to the surface. And a refiner knows that only certain temperatures, only certain temperatures will remove and release certain impurities. And then the refiner knows the process is complete when he can see his own reflection. His own image in that precious metal. This is exactly how God refines us. He wants to see himself in you. He wants to see his character in you. He wants you to love like he loves. He wants you to give like he gives. He wants you to surrender and sacrifice like he surrendered and sacrificed. And he allows us to be broken so that he can dig that gold out of us and refine us. And maybe today, maybe today, today you're here and you're broken. It's not even pain. You're broken. God is pulling the gold out of you now. God is refining you. When life gets harder and hotter. God is refining you. Sometimes, let's be honest, we bring all this pain on ourselves. This is how great God is. He still uses it to refine you. Solomon, he's the wisest person who ever lived. And there's this proverb in chapter 20 of verse 30 in the Good News Translation. And I love The way it reads, it says, sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. Word. (laughs) Sometimes. Pain changes you. David said in Psalm 119, 67, before, before you made me suffer. Here, listen to this. Before you made me suffer, I used to wander off. (laughs) Well, but now I hold on to your word, dude. Pain changes you. There are some things I have done in my life that have produced so much pain that I'll never do it again. Stuff I knew I shouldn't do. I knew that. My mama told me that, (laughs) but I did it anyway until I felt the pain and I'll never do it again. And when you're a kid and your mama tell you, and maybe for you, it's mama and daddy. For me, it was mama. It's not a good idea. You're a kid. You're like, what a killjoy. That woman has no fun in her at all. That sounded like it came straight from a mother's heart right there. <laughs> she was right. And I think sometimes we look at the Bible like, oh, that's a, what a killjoy. But he's right. But he's right. And pain, it's a great teacher. It refines you. Pain is actually a good thing. You ever heard the quote of C.S. Lewis? He was a famous pastor and man, he's got, he's like a 
walking quote. But he says, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but shouts to us in our pain. Boy, that's the truth. Pain is God's megaphone. Pain is the body's warning light. That something ain't right. The pain is not the problem. Something else the problem. The pain tells you there's a problem. And pain, if responded to correctly, will keep you from deeper pain. David, in a couple verses later, in the same Psalm 119, he says, my suffering was good for me. Wow. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more invaluable to me than millions in gold and silver. What if you chase God's instruction, God's wisdom, like you chased money? We glorify money. We do. But those that have it, it doesn't make your life problem free, stress free. Your relationships no longer, like all of a sudden I got all this money, my my marriage is perfect. In fact, money will just amplify your problems. But we glorify it. Don't we? We, yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) We glorify it. We make a big deal out of, well, pro athlete salaries. Nobody's like, ESPN, Sports Center, so and so, he's in love with Jesus, chases the character of God, gives himself away, because it's not glamorous. Nah, man, look what their salary is. Look at the new quarterback salaries. Hey, we're going to be at a billion dollars probably in the next five years, maybe less. Somebody's going to get a billion dollar contract. And for 22 years, I've been pastoring those people. And they hurt like you hurt. You cut them, they bleed. And their problems are often worse because they don't know where to go to, who to trust. But I love this because David and Solomon were insanely wealthy. So he says, my suffering was good for me. It taught me to pay attention to your decrees, your instructions. Man, they're more valuable to me than millions in silver and gold. There's no pain in vain. God uses pain to refine you. And and number five is this, is that God uses pain to prepare you. Pain prepares you. What does pain prepare you for? Pain prepares you for your purpose. Pain prepares you for your purpose, your calling, the the word of God, the apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 he says... God comforts us in our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Pain prepares you for your purpose. See, you have the answer. You have the solution. You have it. 
And God wants to turn your misery into your ministry. Everybody goes through life. Everybody goes through tests and God wants to take those tests and turn them into testimonies. But you can't have a testimony if you don't talk about it. And everybody's called the ministry. The word ministry means to serve. To give Jesus away. And there's nobody more equipped to minister in the area where you've already been hurt than you. There's nobody who's more equipped to help somebody with something that someone's already been through that same something. Former cancer survivor. Come on. We've got him right here in this church. Healed of stage four cancer. Uh, quite a few of them. Quite a few of them. Nobody like a cancer patient knows the fear of that initial doctor calling you to tell you that you've been diagnosed with cancer. Nobody knows that feeling unless you've been through that feeling. There's nobody like a former alcoholic to better help an alcoholic. A former drug addict to help a current drug addict. Somebody whose heart's been crushed to help somebody whose heart's being crushed. That pain in your life, that one that it hurt you bad. It, it, it is, it is your deepest pain, your deepest pain. That thing that just about crushed you, that deepest pain, that pain, God wants to use it. God wants to use it. There's no pain in vain. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste your hurt. Listen, if the enemy put you through that hell, you better use it against him. If the enemy put me through this kind of hell, you can bet your life. I'm going to use this pain and I'm going to flip this upside down and I'm going to target the gates of hell with the same thing. He tried to take me out with, I'm going to come and I'm going to take him out with, and I'm going to give my mess to everybody that will listen so that they have a testimony of God's grace and a testimony of God's glory and that you can hold up a trophy and say only God could have done this only my good God could have done this come on somebody only God could have done this only God could have done this father we praise you today God we praise you today God we oh Jesus we praise you God move, God move right now. God move right now. God, I pray you'd heal hearts. God, right now. God, I pray you'd heal hearts. God, right now. God, just that you would move into the deepest areas of our soul right now. God, and you would mend, you would mend, you would mend the brokenness. God, that you would mend our wounds. God, that you would heal our hearts. It's okay to cry. You can cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to let it out. You can let it out. You can let it out because we're broken too. Because we need healing too. We're not what you think we are. We're not what we're putting on social media. We're broken. We're broken. We're broken. 
That person next to you, they're broken. They have insecurities. They have fears. They have failures. It's okay. It's okay. God created us to have emotions. If you're here today and you've never experienced anything like this, you've never experienced the power of God, the presence of God. Listen, God wants a relationship with you. God wants to tell you today that he loves you, that he loves you, that he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to the cross to die for you, to pay the ransom for your life, to pay for the sins of your life. Today, God wants a relationship with you. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, it says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you are saved. Today, if that's you and you say, I want to become a Christian, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm telling you, it's what's missing in your life. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want you right now just to pray. Jesus, today, I give you my life. Today, I want to live for you. God, I'm so grateful that you died for me. God, I invite you into my life. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Baptize me. Holy Spirit, with your anointing and with your fire. God, we pray for every person here today, every person tuned in online. God, for your great anointing. God, your great favor. God, that you would just do big things in us, Father. You'd do big things in us, God. God, do big things in us, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.